You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 69, featuring special guest Becca Lee from Broadway's The Prom. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Maggie Vera, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, The Actor Aesthetic Tribe. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Did y'all know that Actor Aesthetic has an online store? Yeah, you heard me right. You can now search through the Actor Aesthetic shop to find downloadable cover letter samples, resume templates, audition journal spreadsheets, and hundreds of audition song suggestions categorized by voice type and genre. Level up your audition game and go to actoraesthetic.com shop. Hey friends, it's Maggie here, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Today we have a very special guest with us, none other than the lovely Becca Lee. In addition to making her Broadway debut in The Prom, Becca has also starred in The Music Man at Ogunquit Playhouse, toured with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and danced professionally with the New York Knicks and on several television shows, including MTV's America's Best Dance Crew, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, and Good Morning America. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Well, thank you, Becca, so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Yay, so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. So you and I virtually met what, like a couple, maybe a year and a half, two years ago? It feels like, like it's been a while. It has been a while. I feel like I've been following your journey since, um, since the, uh, the uh, unemployed actress days. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> back to that now. How exciting. Oh, yeah. We love it. Well, I'm going to be talking, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions from you today about your journey with the prom from its early development. And then also, um, you know, your honest opinion on what, what life is like in between shows. Like a lot of this is not discussed and I feel like it's really important information to, to be transparent about. Would you agree? Totally. Oh, I absolutely agree. It's one of my favorite things to talk about because I love bringing to light things that people don't necessarily want to talk about, Mm -hmm. but everyone in this business goes through the in-between times. Everyone. Mm -hmm. More often than not too. Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, maybe some people don't want to showcase that on their Instagram. Like I'm sitting on my couch today watching the entire season of Cheer on Netflix. Oh, in one which city. by the way is so good. <laughs> I just finished it yesterday. Oh, what a I'm, good show. Oh my gosh. I'm obviously obsessed. But like now, did you grow up as a cheerleader? Is this true? I, yes. I was a cheerleader my whole <gasps> life. Now, not like cheer. Like it wasn't okay, that that's great. like, on, that's on another level. That yeah. Another level. Yeah. And now like, of course my cats are running around in the background. If you just heard that, I'm sorry. It's like a stampede from the Lion King. Like it's been silent until now. Oh, so no. How just... many cats do you have? Do you have two? I have three. You have three. 
Yeah. Um, side note, sorry. I just heard them sprinting and I was like, oh no, good timing guys. Great good timing. timing. <laughs> we love, we love a cat appearance on the podcast. Don't you? Worry. Oh, good. Perfect. <laughs> so I would love to start. So we, you just briefly mentioned cheerleading. I would love to know, tell us about where you grew up and more specifically how you first got involved in theater. Okay. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, which a lot of people don't know because I've lived in New Jersey for a long time now. And yeah, I, I always think you're a Jersey girl. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> and like, I kind of claim Jersey now too. So uh -huh. I feel like I totally am. Um, but let's see, I started out as a competitive gymnast when I was really young and then got into dancing, but I was also doing community theater when I was mm. young. Um, my mom always loved theater and she exposed me to all of like the Broadway cast albums when I was really young. I was obsessed with Annie, just like everybody else. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like I would sit in our living room in Indiana, like looking up agents and managers in New York City and sending letters to like- Oh my, like, how old were you when you were doing that? Like probably 10 or something. Oh my God. And like, I wanted my mom to be a stage mom so bad. Oh, I was like, wow. mom, why can't you be like the mom and gypsy? Like what a crazy thing oh, to say. But like, I, what a, what a child. I know. What a little yeah. star. I, it just, it was so silly, but I was basically an only child growing up. I do have a half brother and a half sister, but they are younger than me. And I didn't necessarily grow up in the same house with them. So I was putting on shows for my mom all the time. Bless her for sitting through all of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would do, I got into competitive dancing and school musicals. And I just always knew that this is what I wanted to do from a young yeah. age. So was your family supportive of you? I guess, even from your, the earliest stages of your involvement in theater, were they supportive of you pursuing this? Luckily, my mom was always very supportive because she actually went to school for theater and she's from New Jersey. So she grew up going to see Broadway shows and she loved that I was into it also. Um, my dad, not so much. He was like, how about you start a sport and try to get a scholarship to college that way? And I was like, um, no. But I mean, once I finally made it to Broadway. He was so proud, but I was like, well, took you long enough, but it's okay. I mean, I understand Dad. it's a scary thing <laughs> to have your child go into yes. it because it's so, it can be so unstable. And I know parents just worry about that a lot of times, but my mom's mm -hmm. always been my, my biggest uh, cheerleader, thankfully. I love that. Yeah. That you're so lucky to have that. Oh, and I know. It's interesting that you come from like the best of both worlds situation where you had one side of your family was like, mm, I don't know if this is like the most strategic thing to go into yeah. theater wise, because so many people deal with parents that are not supportive because they're worried about, you know, the money aspect, like the financial aspect of pursuing yes. a career in theater mm -hmm. and like all of the above when it comes to unemployment and like, yes. you know, the statistics of making it as an actor. So it makes a lot of sense. Totally. But to have your mom there, I'm sure that was really important for you. Oh my gosh. It's so important to have a team of people. It can be one person. It can be two. Yeah. If you have that, someone that's sticking by you the whole time, it's so mm -hmm. helpful. And I know a lot of people don't have that. So I will never take that for granted because there yeah. were certainly times where I would come home crying to my mom saying, I can't do it anymore. And she was like, Mm -hmm. Yes, you are going to keep going because I believe in you. You need one person. And she knows you better than anyone else too. So she knows what you're yeah. capable of for sure. Did you end up going to school for theater? Did you go to college for theater or no? Did you go for something else? 
I didn't. I ended up going to school for psychology. So it was kind of the same thing. My dad was like, I'm not going to support you going to college for theater. Um, I mean, I was very fortunate to have him pay for my school. So I know I'm really lucky in that way. Um, and I knew that if I did go to school for theater and pay for it my, on my own, I'd be paying that off for years and years yeah. and years. And I thought going to school for psychology was related to acting because it's so fascinating to know about why people act the way they do. Um, all of that is so wrapped up in character. And I thought I could kind of like put the two together. So I was going to school for that. I was doing shows at school. I was, I was dancing, doing voice lessons the whole time too. So I kind of had my own little like side program going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a way to do it. Like it's, yeah. it's not life or death to go to school for theater or musical theater or anything involved in theater. You don't need to go for it in order to be successful. There's no like, there's no through line there. The only yeah. reason why people go to school for it is because, you know, there are many reasons, but one of the biggest ones is just the training. But if you have the ability to go to a, a, a school, you went to Rutgers? Yes. Right. So if you go to a big school, you have the ability to go um, and pursue a degree that could you know, infiltrate its way through musical theater, but also pursue things like you said, you were on the dance team and yeah. do shows and do extracurricular activities, just like you would if you were going to public high school, you know, you pursue outside opportunities. Exactly. So that's interesting. So then when did you first get to, did you end up moving to New York City at some point? Yes. So I actually, right after high school, I went to Marymount Manhattan College for one semester. I was, my major was undecided at the time, but I moved right to New York City. And my story is very all over the place. I danced for the New York Knicks right when I moved to New York. And for some reason, I mean, I love dance teams and I, I love that. Stuff. But for some reason, I was like, yeah, if I dance for the Knicks, like obviously the next step is to be on Broadway. Like it's definitely going to open doors. <laughs> but like, I didn't know. And I was like, oh, cool. It's a professional dance job. And it was actually awesome yeah. for college. So yes, I was in New York City for a little bit. And then that school just wow. was not for me. Um, hmm. It's just, it was way too small for me. I wanted a big school with a football team and I wanted mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I wanted that experience. So I moved to Jersey, transferred okay. there. Um, but then after I graduated, I moved to Queens. So I lived there for a little while. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I've been kind of all over the place. I, I haven't met a single actor that has like one through line throughout their entire career. I like, know, all right? All over the place, right? And I love that because it's just like, it's so relatable to yeah. know you don't have to go on one specific path. Yeah. You're going to get where you're meant to be one way or another. And your, your line may look a little... A you little know. bit like this, a lot <laughs> yeah. bit like that. Mm -hmm. Not that anyone can see what we're doing with our hands <laughs> right now, but not a straight line, people. I can like <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that because you never know. You really never know. I, yeah. So then my next question for you would be, what was it like after you graduated college? What was your time like, you know, hopping around New Jersey, New York, and pursuing theater what was that like for you after you know you had danced for the the next so then did you start doing regional work yes so basically the first job I booked out of college was not soon not long after I graduated and it was a non-equity tour of this brand new oh, wow. musical okay you say wow but you're gonna take that back in a second 
No, I'm not. <laughs> so it was a brand new musical. It sounded amazing. It was um, a take on Cinderella and it was like kind of like a hip hoppy, like updated version. It was really cool and fun. And we were supposed to tour for, I want to say six months or something. And, um, I was thrilled about this. Right. So we were rehearsing in Texas. So we all flew to Texas and we were rehearsing and our itinerary was all set and everything was all ready to go. And I quickly realized that I did not want to be non-equity because we had insane rehearsal days, like till midnight, no sleep. We ended up having to search for our own costumes in the mall. Like it was so unorganized. And after being there for, I want to say six, no, not even four weeks, the tour was canceled. So, I, oh my gosh. Yeah, we had, we had to have a meeting with the producers one by one. And they were like, we're so sorry. We are not putting our money into this anymore. It was a crazy experience. And this is your first experience booking work outside of school? Yes. Like once you got done with school? Wow. Yes. And um, I mean, I must say I made great friends there that I'm still friends with yeah, to this day because you bond in <laughs> situations like that. Mm-hmm. But coming back, I was like, I have got to get my equity card as soon as possible because Mm. I didn't want to be in that situation again, which things like that happen anywhere. I mean, that's happened with shows that are trying to come in on Broadway. Like you never know, but, um, that was a very interesting, uh, eye-opening experience. And to experience that so young. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Wow. That's uh-huh. wild. But I mean, that happens all the, you know, that happens all the time and not even just with non-equity stuff. I mean, even for Broadway, you know, how many times have you heard of shows that are coming to Broadway and then just never, yes. they just never happen and, and that's it. And then you have like a good hundred actors that are, or, and stage managers and, and lighting designers and whatever that are out of work. Yeah. It's, crazy. Yeah. So I came back much sooner than I expected from that and just started auditioning again, but that was the total non-equity audition grind. And I was living in Jersey at the time. So it was, you know, this well, waking up even earlier than you, than people that are living in the city sitting around all day. And I was only going to auditions for equity theaters because I was trying to get my EMC points. That's the way I got my equity card eventually. So I would sit at an audition for hours and hours and hours and many times not get seen. And that's just what it was for a while. Just had to get through that, you know? That's good to hear though, because, you know, people just see the success of, I have a Broadway credit, but they have no idea what, what it took to actually get there. So you ended up doing, you ended up booking regional work then through auditioning for, for equity houses and stuff? Yes. So I did um, regional productions and I was getting those EMC points. And then I eventually ended up getting my equity card at the Agunquit Playhouse in Maine, which is so great. I highly recommend working there to anyone. Um, but it took, I mean, it took a couple of years, you know, it wasn't that fast and like I said, it was a lot of sitting around in holding rooms or at Telsey and just hoping that they're going to see me that day. <laughs> oh, I know that life. Yes. I know that life. Yes. So I guess now that takes us to the prom because I would love to know, I mean, it's an experience I know so many actors want to have, which is being with a show from its very earliest development. Mm-hmm. So you were with the show you booked the show when it was in Atlanta, right? And what year was that? So I actually was involved with it before then because so they did a reading in 2014. I was not a part of that because they 
not have dancers then. It was just like a table read. They had um, the principal actors, they had some ensembles sitting and singing, but they didn't put the show on its feet for the first time until 2015. So they had auditions for the quote unquote untitled new musical. Um, no one knew anything about it, but the breakdown was kind of just like energetic high school students can sing really well, can dance really well, like pop rock. And I was like, at this time, I have to say, I was pretty discouraged because I felt like nothing had happened for a while. And I was really going back and forth. Like, should I keep doing this? Should I not? And it was one of those times where I was saying before, my mom was like, no, you need to keep going. And at this point, did you have, like, were you just going to open calls? Like, did you have an agent? I know you were equity at this point, right? Yes, I did have an agent, but I've had a couple different agents in my career and it didn't matter. I still needed to go and get stuff on my own. And I, I did go to an ECC for prom. So yeah, I, it was a Friday morning. I woke up and I was like, Oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to go to this, but something was like, it always happens yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. So I went, it was a really quick cut, um, or a type out. And anyways, I ended up going in seven times for this original lab that we were doing. Um, and the audition process was probably two months long or something. It was a long wow. thing. And then what were you doing in the auditions? Like you initially went to the dance call, right? Yes. So the first dance mm -hmm. call, all they had us do was a double turn and a kick. I kid you not. That <gasps> was it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, okay, great. We're going to have you come back and dance again later. So, um, um, definitely danced first. And then the following day we had to go sing at Telsey and then yeah. had to come back. And then it was one of those things where every time you went back to sing and dance again, there were more people in the room. So like add the director, add the music director, add the producers, add more producers. So after seven times, <laughs> um, they always say, if you want to book something, book a trip, right? So, <laughs> I had booked my very first trip to Las Vegas. I'd never been there before. And it felt, it fell on the day that they called me in for the final callback. So of course I had to oh my that trip, but thank goodness I did because it was a Friday again. And, um, mm -hmm. I flew to Vegas right after that. I was like, best thing to do after final audition, like put it out of your mind. And then the following mm -hmm. Monday, I'm literally in the middle of a casino in Las Vegas <laughs> and I get a call from my agent. <laughs> and this was just the lab, mind you, but I just started... Yeah, this is just the lie. I was like <laughs> crying. I was like, oh my God, because it was such a huge deal oh. to me. And I knew it was, I knew it was a big deal. You know, it's like, I'd mm. wanted to work with these people for a long time. And I was like, wow, I finally got a yes. Like, I can't tell you how many final callbacks I've had for big shows. I mean, probably 12 or something. I'm not kidding. It, I would always get to the end. I'm like, what is happening? And it was like, it finally happened because it was the right thing for me you know? Um, so that was 2015. We did a four week lab in New York city. Then we did Atlanta the following summer. Then we did another lab in New York and then we did Broadway. Thankfully now throughout that time, it was like a lot of years in there. Um, like we were saying before, you never know what's going to happen. You hope and pray it's going to come to Broadway, that this is going to lead to your Broadway debut, that you got to create a character and like do all the things. Um, but we heard, yes, it's going in. No, never mind. It's not anymore. Yes, it is. So it was another <laughs> roller coaster. So it's like, um, thankfully it all worked out, but I think that's just the name of the game in this business. You never know. And you just got to trust that what's meant for you is going to come to you, but you have to also keep moving forward and not hold on to things too tightly, you know? Amen. Yeah. Preach that. 
That's real. How much of that initial OG cast from the the lab, that original lab before Atlanta, how much of that cast remained with the show through to Broadway? Many of the principal characters. So the show was basically written for like Beth Level, Christopher Sieber, Brooks Schmantz. And they were all they were all attached to it from its earliest stages. Yes. Yes. So and um Angie Schwer as well. It was written with them in mind. Um so they were with it from the very beginning. Caitlin, who played Emma, was with it from the very beginning. I think there were four or five of us ensemble members that were with it the whole time. Um yeah, it's such a lucky thing. It doesn't happen a lot and I will never take that for granted. It was such a cool thing to see to the end. So I'm curious then, because I know you were told a lot of, yes, it's going to Broadway. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Take me back to that moment where they said, for sure, they said, yes, it's going to Broadway. Yes, you are coming with it. Yes, you will be making your Broadway debut. What was that moment like? Okay, so not long before that day came, I was told that yeah. it was done. It's not happening anymore. Oh my so gosh. So I was pretty devastated about that. Um, and I, but I had to put it out of my mind. I'm like, okay, on to the next thing, like back to auditioning for other things. And then on a one summer day, my agent calls me and I'm at home and she's like, so I think I have some news for you. That's going to make your day. And I'm like, oh really? What? She's like, so the prom's coming to Broadway and you have an offer. So you're going to be making your Broadway debut. Oh <laughs> and gosh. I was in a complete shock because I wasn't expecting that at all. And yeah. I mean, I cry a lot. <laughs> did you believe I it? Mean, I did. I did. I was like, that'd be the meanest <laughs> joke ever. Good. I'm glad. I know. <laughs> if she was kidding right now, I would probably never forgive her. So um, <laughs> thankfully it was real and it was, it was the best. I'll oh, never okay. forget that. The best. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Well, one of the one of my listeners sent me this question to ask you, and I think it's okay. a good one because I I did follow along with y'all's antics backstage. <laughs> I thought you guys were so funny. Uh-huh. Um, Josh, when he did snow the uh, what's it called? Yeah, the snowplow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that made me laugh. So I would watch those on repeat. I just thought it was so. Oh, they're funny good. And they're good. Um, so someone asks, what was the funniest thing that happened to you backstage at? Okay. Prom? That's way too hard. I have to say yeah, I know. the cast, there are probably there so, many, so things. many things. The cast was just <laughs> hilarious as it was. Um, uh-huh. the funniest thing backstage, I, the first thing that comes to mind is Brooks Sushmanskis is the most hilarious human on the planet <laughs> on stage and off. And the, I mean, there were certain scenes that he would just like accidentally mess up the, the same point every night. And we'd be back there waiting to see like what he was going to say that night. And that was Aww. very entertaining for us all. Um, just cause he's ridiculous uh-huh. and hilarious. Um, oh, I, love that. I mean, the funniest thing that happened to me on stage was when I fell off a bucket mm-hmm. in front of everyone. Oh no. And like the entire audience was laughing at me and I was like on my oh, butt my legs in the air very short skirt and the bucket is like banging on the ground what what happened how did this cannot explain it to you I don't know like I think a theater ghost like came up behind me and pushed it out from under me and I was like well this is my moment to fall on Broadway 
I, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but that was, <laughs> I'm glad I have that story to tell. That's I'll say that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to know again, another goal of every actor. I'm sure it was probably one of the highlights of your life, which yeah. was how was it performing on the Tony awards? Oh my goodness. Okay. I, have to say, I never understood how exhausting that weekend was until I experienced it. Um, like quickly, I'm sure you know this, but you perform Friday night, you do two shows Saturday, you have a rehearsal at Radio City Sunday morning after you've done two shows the day before, you go do your matinee on Sunday, and then you go to, the, to Radio City to perform. So um, I mean, needless to say, it was completely worth it. It was indescribable. I can't even tell you. I mean, a lot of times when you're doing the performance, it's a different performance than what you do in the show. So I was just hoping that my brain was going to like hold on to what was different and like, please do this right. Please don't mess this up on the Tony Awards right now. And when we were finished and like hit that button and you see all the people in Radio City, it's unlike anything else in the world. It is Oh my gosh. I can't wait till you experience it one That's day. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even think about like the fact that you guys have to really, you guys have to alter your performance to TV and, and to the Tony awards in itself and, and shorten it and, you know, make cuts last minute while you're performing that same song, the normal way the day of and the day before and the day before that that's i mean that's so and to to do that on such high adrenaline because you're performing on the tony awards and if anyone saw the prom you know our dancing was really fast and really high energy so radio city performance was even faster (laughs) so they're like we're gonna make your um your dance a little different and it's gonna be sped up okay go (laughs) Oh, we love that. Please don't die on the Radio City stage, but we made it. God. Well, speaking of that choreography, because I'm obsessed with it, (laughs) Casey Nicola really outdid himself with that show. I'm just like, I want to know how you took care of your body to be able to do that eight times a week. I, anyone who asked me that question, I would always say, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I don't know what it's like to be an Olympic athlete. That might sound like a stretch. No, it's, it's, it's pretty close. (laughs) But I thought about myself as being an Olympic athlete and everything I did during the day, sleep, the amount of water I had, everything I ate, everything went toward being able to have enough energy to get through that show. Um, I will never be in that great a shape probably ever again, (laughs) which I'm like, man, I kind of missed that workout, but, um, I really couldn't do much else. I personally couldn't work out in addition to doing that. I couldn't go take dance classes. I just, all of my energy was reserved for the show, um, which was fine with me, but it was absolutely exhausting. Yeah. You just have to learn what works for you. Yes. I mean, it's not going to work. And you also live in New Jersey. So were you, were you often finding yourself like running home to catch like the train right before it and stuff like it wasn't like you could really stay out and yeah. party or anything afterwards. Oh, right? absolutely. And I, I would always joke yeah. that like after a two show day, I would be sprinting to the train, like legitimately <laughs> running down the street. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. <laughs> Just like sweating all day long. I'm like, I mean, it was ridiculous. So I'm like, oh, I had three gosh. shows today. But um, 
I mean, it was worth it to catch that train, you know, you got to do it. But yeah. yeah, I wasn't doing any like late night hangouts or anything. I was like, Mm-mm. go to bed, get as much sleep as <laughs> no possible. Way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, wow. What an, like, what an experience. Yes. That's truly, truly incredible. What I mentioned earlier when we were chatting was how important I think it is to talk about life post show or life in between contracts, life in between doing shows at regional theaters, where whatever. But my my next question to you, and I know a lot of listeners are curious about this, but in terms of like not only keeping yourself mentally, physically, emotionally well and active, how are you approaching working in between shows and what I mean is like a lot of actors ask about like the various side jobs that people have in between shows what do you do to earn a living make money keep yourself afloat in this yeah good question so in the past I've had many side jobs so I taught dance for a while I taught fitness which I must say I thought was great to get me in shape for a show So that worked out. Um, I've danced at many a bar mitzvah, probably hundreds. Mm -hmm. I'm not even kidding. Um, Wow. So many, so many. Maybe someone that's listening, maybe I danced at yours. Someone did show up at the stage door once and yell that out to me. And I was like, hey, cool. I swear to you. (laughs) Um, So you never know. Um, So after prom and it ended, it was a little different because I'd never done a show for that length of time. We were almost going for a year straight and I was so tired. I was actually a little bit relieved to have a little bit of downtime, but I'm also someone that really thrives on being busy and I love having things to do. But when we, uh, like you mentioned earlier, I had created my, um, unemployed actress Instagram because I felt like I was in a funk between shows and I needed some sort of creative outlet to make me feel good in that way. Like at least I'm being creative. So I was teaching fitness at the time, but I really found that I needed that thing that I was doing on my own because it sucks that when your show ends, that's also like your creativity and your outlet. Um, so I think it's really important to think about something for yourself that's going to serve you in that way. When a show ends, maybe it's writing or maybe it's creating your own videos or writing like songs or something like that. I think it's so important. Um, it's so easy to get burnt out on a side job that, you know, might be well-paying, but doesn't let you perform. Doesn't let you to, doesn't let you express yourself. Doesn't let you use it as a creative outlet. So that's really important. Having something else that you can, use. And that's why, you know, for you, Instagram has been amazing because you're able to make videos and, and chat with your followers and stuff, stuff that really creatively, um, inspires you in addition to other things that, you know, just keep you going. Yeah. And I, it's hard to find, um, a side job or a survival job that does both sometimes. 
So, um, it just helped my mindset. Like, I, like I said, I was teaching fitness, which I actually, I did enjoy, but I did, it wasn't my life's purpose. So you, I'm not getting that out of it, but, um, having that and a creative thing just like really made all the difference. So now I'm trying to find something else like that too, because I want to combine it too. I want to be creative and make money in one place, but I kind of want to create my own thing. So I'm creating like my own kind of, um, audition mindset programs now that I'm hoping people will, will enjoy. Um, but I'm just like in like getting it started. So, um, just brainstorming and things like that. Um, thankfully when you do a Broadway show for a while, you have unemployment to supplement you when you're not working. So that's really helpful. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think I've retired from bar mitzvah dancing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. But I mean, listen, that paid me so well in the past. You guys, if Uh, you're interested, look into it because it's really not a bad job and you can make a ton of money on the weekend. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. Smart. Very, very smart. Hmm. I love that. So, you know, now that you're done with the prom, I'm curious to know if you found yourself, if you have a routine now when it comes to getting back into auditioning? Because I know you were talking about um, starting an audition mindset program. I'm curious now for you personally, like, is there a certain amount of auditions that you shoot for in a week or a month? Or is it just as they come and you feel comfortable auditioning? So this has changed for me over the years because I got married last year. And so now that I have a husband (laughs) and a family here and I'm I'm a lot more strategic on the auditions I go to, um, which I used to go to everything. I mean, because I I was open to doing anything, but now I don't necessarily want to leave town for a long time. I don't necessarily want to tour for a year, but that's just my personal preference. So if I see something um, that really looks right for me and I'm excited about, I will go to it. Um, But I'm not killing myself to necessarily go to everything. Sometimes I do just to get myself in front of casting directors that I feel like may not know me too well. I love to get in front of them and sing for them or something, but, um, the audition grind for me right now is not what it used to be in this moment. You've also already put in that work. Like you, you, when you first got here, I mean, I'm sure that was your mission was to get in front of as many people as you can. And now you, you're, you're 100% at a point where you can one, be more strategic about what you're going in for, but to be okay with the fact that you're doing that because you know what you want at this point. And you've also already made a name for yourself. So it's not like you don't have to, you have to kill yourself over going to multiple auditions. So that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And that's of course what a lot of people strive for, which is let's put in the work now while we're young. And then as years go by, as we start getting credits under our belt, we can lay off of it a little bit yeah, and and let the work serve us in that way. Absolutely. I also think it's important to listen to yourself and how you're feeling because it is easy to get burnt out and discouraged and um, listen to yourself and to your intuition. Like, does it feel right to go to these things? Like you don't have to push yourself to go to every single thing. I feel like that's what I tell people now, because I mean, it depends on the situation, but, um, yeah, I think at different points in people's careers, audition game is definitely, it fluctuates, but that's where I'm at for now. Totally. Totally. Love that. Um, here's another question that comes from a listener. They're curious, 
to hear this from someone at, at your level at this point, which is how do you deal with rejection? Okay. So this is actually something that I'm, um, working with, with my, my, um, audition mindset program. It's something that I'm, I'm working with my, my people on. Um, I deal with rejection so much better than I used to, but it came with years of experience and really changing the way that I look at auditions and rejection. You'll hear people say a million times, it's not personal, but we take it personally because we're human and it's really hard to not do that. I literally have told myself over and over and over, if you do not get this, it was not meant for you. But I truly deep down believe that. And I want everyone to know that because it is the truth and you're being guided to the next thing that is right for you. So the term rejection is God's protection or, you know, one, yeah. One, one door closes another one. Opens. I mean, I truly believe those things because I, they absolutely are true. You may want something so badly, but if you don't get it, that thing was not right for you. So you just got to keep moving forward, not be too concerned about the rejection you've got in the past because it doesn't matter. It's over. Keep moving forward and find the opportunities that are meant for you. Yes, ma'am. This comes from another listener and I, I think they're a dancer and this is why she's asking this question, but what advice do you have specifically for dancers trying to make it in musical theater? Good question. I think now there are so many dancers who are also really strong singers and actors. Yeah. Everyone can do it all now. So if you feel really good about your dancing, of course, keep up with classes if you feel like you want to and that kind of thing. But it's so important to really be on top of your singing as well. I mean, the talent is crazy, you know? So keep working on everything. Keep training the other things that you feel not as confident in. And then you have all these things to offer except just the one thing, which it's amazing if you can do one thing great. But I think it's right. good to be a, a total package. Totally. I, it, Broadway has changed so much in the past, even just 20, 30 years, oh, yeah. where it used to be so divided between just, you know, a show having tracks for dancers and for singers. Yes. And that's it. Um, and now you see so many performers going to both the ECC for singers and the ECC for dancers, because that's just what, where, where our industry is headed, where we just need people that can do it all. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that you got married recently, which is so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. And now your husband is not in show business, correct? No, not at all. And I'm so happy not about it. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what is it like being married to someone who's not in the industry? A lot of people would say it's good and it's bad. I found the perfect person for me. So all good. He knew uh -huh. nothing about theater, about Broadway, about anything before we were together. And he is the most understanding person in the world and so supportive. So I got really lucky in that way. Um, so, I mean, when I was doing the show, when I was doing the prom, we did not see each other because we had completely opposite schedules. So that's something that was a little bit sad. I mean, he works in life insurance, so he has like a regular job during the week. And so it was like, our schedules were just, we just missed each other. Um, yeah. literally and figuratively, but, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that, that part was unfortunate, but I, for me, if I was dating another person in the business, I think it could potentially be a little stressful because you just never know. And if one person's working, the other one's not now people make it work and they love it, but that 
I'm in the right situation for me um, because he's so understanding and yeah. Yeah. And it, it changes, it, it reflects in your priorities too. I mean, for you, I know that you at this point are not really looking for an opportunity to go on the road or to, you know, because that would mean you'd be away from your husband and your family. And this is just something that's more important to you in your life, which makes 100% sense. And when you're dating an actor, well, your work could take both of you away from each other for a long time. So there's pros and cons between that, but that's just, I, I don't even think of the fact that, oh yeah, you guys have completely opposite schedules. Yes. So when you're, when you're doing a Broadway show, when do you when do you see each other on Mondays? Like, I mean, we would you know each other for probably two hours on a Monday, and that Gosh. was it. It was it. And Monday, I was like, well, I'll see you next Monday. I'll see ya. Yeah, my husband is that. <laughs> I know. Gosh, that's so funny. Well, I guess to close this out, I would love to ask you this question because I I feel like I know the answer, but or the answers, but maybe not. Um, my question to you is: besides musical theater, what else? brings you joy? Oh, I have actually found <laughs> through Instagram, as silly as that yes. sounds, I absolutely love connecting with other people. Like mm. I love to give advice or insight or some kind of inspiration because I want everyone to live their dreams because I thought for a long time, even though I was pursuing my dreams, I was like, oh, in the back of my mind, I was like, is it ever going to happen? And then I was so happy when it did because I was like, no, I can tell everyone that it can happen and it will happen if you're passionate about it and you stick with it and you think positively. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, but I just, I love connecting with people. I love, um, a lot of things bring me joy. I mean, my cats. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, my cats. <laughs> yeah. Um, my family, my friends. I mean, I've absolutely mm. loved talking to you today. So these conversations Aww. bring me joy. I love bringing light to topics that not everyone talks about. I love being yeah. real and, yeah. um, you know, hopefully inspiring people in being real. I love that. So, you know, in like, being real, yeah, yes, musical theater is our job. Yes, we want to be on Broadway and perform in the Tonys, but you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not our lives. It's not our livelihood. There's so much more to life than just auditions and performing and sleep, you know, though I do love sleep. Oh, me too. <laughs> being on Broadway reminded me of that all the time because it's amazing to be doing what you love every day um, at the highest level. Oh my gosh, like what a privilege, what a dream. But that alone is not going to make you happy. You're tired. You're exhausted. Your body's like, what are you doing? It's amazing, but you really have to hone in on the other things in life that make your life fuller and the things that are going to be there for you when the show closes, because it's always going to close. It's always going to close. And you'll always be looking for the next job, which is why yes to all of that. That's really important to understand, especially when you're at the lowest point, when you're thinking about quitting musical theater or when you're not, you haven't heard, uh, about a callback or you haven't gotten any feedback from auditions or you're just, you know, if you're at a standstill and you're wondering if it's even worth it to keep pursuing musical theater, well, it's not going to make you happy when you get the job. 
So if you're unhappy when you're looking for the job, it's certainly not going to make you happy when you get the job. I mean, in the moment, yes, it's like the best feeling in the world, but you know, once you're, it's not going to cure your, your loneliness or your sadness or whatever that you're dealing with. So it's so important to distance yourself from your job, just like any job so that you can truly be happy. Yes as an actor. In that this is the truth. People listen to that again. Rewind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much, thank Becca, you. for joining uh, us today. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you taking the time. To oh my gosh. This. Anytime. It was an honor to be here. Yay. <laughs> If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of The Actor Aesthetic podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.